Can you remember how to do one of these things? Only vaguely. Right, okay. Well, we'll just hit the music and get into it then. Yeah, I guess. Hello, everybody. You may be staggered to hear that uh, this is a new episode of Have You Seen? I'm pretty sure on the last episode we said, see you next week. And, uh, well, that worked out well, didn't it? <coughs> yeah. Um, so, hello. Uh, I'm still Kieran, and that's still Tom. Hello. Um, to paraphrase Sam Neill uh-huh. in uh, Jurassic Park, uh-huh. life gets in the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which it most definitely has over the last couple of months. Very much so. Uh, and for which we can only apologise. However, we're here. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk to you about films, mm-hmm. uh, ones we watched ages ago, so yeah. <laughs> brain might be a bit fuzzy. I think there might be a lot of, uh... It's oh, going to be a yeah, lot of, um, Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, the Babadook. Yeah. And Supermensch, The Legend of Shep Gordon. Mm-hmm. Legend, story, legend. tale, rhapsody. The legend. Legend, I believe. okay. Yeah. Fine. Uh, I couldn't remember the yeah. exact wording. Um, want to start with The Babadook? Yeah, okay. Right. I better recap that then, really, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, that's probably the best place to start. Yeah. So, uh, The Babadook is an Australian horror thriller uh, made for about two and a half million Australian dollars, which if you're British is 1.1 million pounds, and if you're American is 1.8 million dollars, plus an extra very specific $30,071 Australian raised on Kickstarter so they could build a set. Yeah. Amelia is a stressed out single mother and she has a demanding six year old son called Sam, neither of whom are sleeping very well. And they find a pop up book in Sam's room and they read it as a bedtime story. The book is called Mr. Babadook and it's a rhyme about a scary supernatural being. Once you're aware of the Babadook's existence, it will torment you. Mm. And once it's scared you, you can see it. Mm. And now they know it exists. Yeah. That's kind of the basic premise. Yeah. And it's um, the, the op- uh, is it the opening? No, part of the rhyme is if it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Babadook. Yes. And it's just a terrifying creature. Yeah. Um, I had heard about this when it came out and never got to see it. And then mm. I just saw it was on Netflix and excitedly jumped on it. Right. Uh, and I have to say, I absolutely loved it. I was absorbed from the very beginning. Right. Um, particularly, I thought um, Essie Davis, who's the, who plays Amelia, was extremely good. Yeah. Um, what did you reckon? So, <clears throat> and how long ago did you watch it? Because I haven't seen it in at least two months. Yeah, no, it was, it was a little while ago. But what I'll say is this: after you pitched it, mm. uh, I kind of got to the point where I needed to watch it. Started watching it and got about five minutes in. I thought I can't watch this now. Right. So I had to kind of put it aside for a bit. And then I finally got to the point where I kind of thought, well, we we really need to do a show, so I need to need to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of forced myself to sit down and watch it because, and it, it was nothing to do with the movie itself, mm. just because of the sort of the frame of mind I was yeah, in at yeah. the time. And I and I so I kind of sat down and I thought it was very very creepy. Mm. Really, really difficult to watch. Right. Very uncomfortable to watch, but brilliant at the same time. Mm. So that I think that that I, I find it I found it really kind of hard 
to to kind of just to watch it. And I I think this is harkening back to when I had to watch Alien in two goes with all the lights on. Almost, it wasn't because I found it. Age of thirty five. Do you know? It wasn't because I found it scary. Yeah. It it was it was funny because I didn't I didn't really find. It wasn't so much that it was scary. It was just really kind of creepy. And the way it's cut. Insidious. Yeah. The way it's cut is very jarring. Yeah. One of the things I like about it is the editing. The cinematography, the editing, and the sound design are all really good. It's it's kind of like what I would kind uh, kind of equate it to is imagine trying to walk, but your equilibrium is slightly off. And you constantly feel like you're going to fall over. Can can you be more specific? Because that's how I walk anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so it just kind of felt like I was I was always off kilter. Yes, and and it, it's kind of like it, the the film kind of keeps you on that precipice of mm. of almost falling over, if you like. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand that completely. Yeah. And and I think that's to its credit. Mm. And. As I watched it, I kind of thought, do you know what? It feels like you're watching somebody go mad from their point of view. Yeah, yeah, you, and you kind of are. Yeah, and I kind of th- felt like it's actually... So, to kind of fill in the the story, is you've got the, the mother and the child, and, you, you know, it, the, the child was born uh, the night that the father... Well, they were all in a car. She, she and the father yeah, yeah. were in a car crash on the way to the hospital, and, and he died. Yes. And so it's, it, it's that. I think what you're kind of watching is her finding it very difficult to exist when every time she sees her son, she's reminded of her dead husband. Well, the um, the the monster itself is uh, kind of a metaphor for grief. Exactly. And yes. The, the whole yeah, film yeah. is about dealing dealing with grief. Yeah. It's it, a funny way you can can kind of equate it to uh, the grey. Yeah. Because it's kind yeah. of the same subject matter, but yeah, it's, I suppose so. Yeah. But but this is it's like it's it's the nightmarish torture that grief can put you through. Yes. And I think that it was it was very. Um, it was very well done because it, it it kind of gets you to a point where you're experiencing that alongside her mm. and, and it kind of it it puts you in her position very very well i think yes and and it, it kind of you know that cuz that's kind of how i felt it was it was like i say it was you were kind of going through that torturous process from her point of view yeah and effectively the the babadook was this grief and this hmm. just this kind of it's uh, yeah, all the if, negative aspects of grief if you let it in it will consume you and exactly. once, when you get yeah. the ending um is uh about managing it yeah um absolutely I, I i originally wrote that my only issue was the ending and i would have um uh well yeah yeah i'd have cut to black after she calmed the um she calms it. They they have yeah. it in the basement, mm. and she feeds it. Yeah, uh, and it kind of goes for her, and she says no and stops yeah. it and calms it down. Yeah, um, and that show kind of show that like the demon will always be be yeah. there, but she's in control of it. Yes, yeah, 
Um, it's like it's like people say if they're they're alcoholics or addicts, you're you're always an addict. Yes, you just yeah. manage the problem. Yeah. And, and think, it's the same with grief. And I think after that, I, I'm pretty sure I remember it then cuts back out to the garden and she's playing with the kid. Yeah. And that, that kind of felt a bit soft and unnecessary. Yeah. It was like an extra minute that didn't need to be there, I thought. Yeah, it's, I think because you... It's, well, I guess that's, that's to go back to life goes on. Yeah, it, it's funny, but you're seeing... It's, this is, I know this is going to sound really weird, but you're seeing the store like her dealing with this grief from her point of view, but mm. at the same time you're experiencing it from the son's point of view. Yeah. In in some, do you know? What I, I know yeah. it's, that sounds like it can't be possible, but that's kind of how it feels. Yeah. So you kind of like you say. I don't think you need that last bit with the son because you. It's her story, really. Mm. It's her getting to that place where she can kind of go. Well, I accept that this terrible thing happened, mm. and I've just got to. I've just got to put that really bad mm. side of it away. Yeah. And just focus on. The good side of it, which is the fact that she had the son. Yeah, I think that might be um, just. I think that might have just been an extra shot added to drive it home that it, it yeah. is a happy ending. Yeah, I think you're right. But rather I don't, than what I thought would be the stronger ending, <clears throat> of, like yeah. ending on the message, yeah. if you like. Yeah, I'd be interested to know if that if that was an like a after a screening tacked a on. Yeah, I don't know because it's a, like I said, it's a cheap Australian movie. Well, exactly. Well, so. I guess you don't know if it got if it got. Uh, prodded at by American Distribs or whatever Um, I definitely want to watch it again and I meant to before we recorded I just haven't had time I don't know I I think if I do watch it again it'll be a long time before I watch it again Um, you know I think like you you said when you pitched it and earlier that the acting in it is just I mean it's a complete showcase of her talent it is but the kid is brilliant as well And he's really creepy and unnerving at times. I looked up Essie Davis. I assumed mm. like she'd be in maybe her late twenties, mm. given the age of the kid as well. Yeah. Like late twenties, early thirties. No, she was like forty-four when they made yeah. this. That's crazy. Yeah, and she's just kind of like gone. I guess a great talent has gone unnoticed just because of her nationality and location. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm. Um, what else? Let's see if I can flick through my notes quickly. Yeah. What I liked about it is it seemed, apart from the supernatural element, yeah. it was completely grounded in reality. I was there was say, no part actually, of it that I didn't believe. Yeah, the, the bit that I kind of went, ah, oh, was the bit where she almost gets like super strength. Yeah. And I, and I, and I was just a bit like, ah. Oh. Hmm. I, I, I don't, maybe it's something that was supposed to mean something that I've missed, but hmm. I just, it just didn't. Like I've literally put it, it doesn't. It just didn't feel right, and it mm. didn't feel like it sat right. Is that when she's going a bit mad in the kitchen? Yeah, it's yeah. after she's killed the dog. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, I can, I can see why you really loved it. Mm. And I, it's like you say, it's one, it's one of those movies. It's really uncomfortable, uh, but compelling. But, but at the same yeah, time. you can. I, I, I can see the the brilliance it's a, it's, behind it. It's, it's a crap metaphor for. Uh, because of the part of the subject matter of the film and a bit of a cliche, but it's kind of it's car crash esque in that it's 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 mm. horrible and you want to look yeah. away and you probably should look away, but you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah I don't mean it, that in any kind of derisory way. No, no, not it's at all. Utterly it, compelling. Yeah, I found. Yeah. yeah, and uh, like I said, it's it, it keeps you like punch drunk if you like. It keeps you off kilter, yeah. and you're just kind of. 
It's it's kind of relentless. Yes. And and it, it and the the relentlessness wears you down, but also sucks you in at the same time. Mm. So you're kind of you know after watching it, you feel a bit kind of drained because it's just like wow, that was mm. you know quite intense. Mm-hmm. And you know it was brilliantly shot. I think the, like the, the the tone of it, the mood of it, the way it was shot was mm. was excellent. Like you said, the editing just that mm. really. I think you it could have been a really. They could have really screwed it up if it hadn't had a really good editor. Yeah, and I think that that is really part of what makes the movie what it is. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, so I guess that gets the the have you seen two thumbs up. Yeah, we should have like a seal of approval. Like, have you seen says you should see. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think this is definitely one. Like after if after I, it's like when as soon as I turned it off, I was I I probably have the opinion i probably would have said i didn't like it i but i think it's taken me oh really yeah i mean i kind of got it but i don't think i particularly it's taken me a while to kind of think oh yeah to process it yeah yeah i've been like that with some stuff but this one i thought what happened at the end of this one was um i watched it i really liked it i didn't want to go to bed straight away so i think i watched like uh, i watched a few episodes of family guy (laughs) inconsequential and yeah fluffy by comparison absolutely yeah yeah Awesome. Uh, should we move? To- no, wait. Hold on. Oh yeah. You have uh, <laughs> several, several, several weeks ago. Uh, yeah. Phil Austin sent us a, a canned review on Twitter. I yeah, believe, which just, you have it, access to. I do. Yeah, he just uh, said thoughts on the Babadook. Very well made and very scary. Great story. Uh, great story though. Really like the twist at the end. Uh, Bad mistake to watch it using headphones as the fear is all in the sounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, did you plug in the 5.1 for this? I didn't, no. Right. And even even and without it, yeah. I did, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it would have been even more mm. intense with that. Mm. Um, yeah, and then he said, who needs sleep anyway? <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's right. I think, yeah, with the surround sound, that would be pretty, uh, pretty full on. Amazing. So... Uh, Supermensch was what yes. you pitched me. Yes. Do you want to try and recap that a bit? Well, I'm going to reread my notes and try and remember a documentary. Yeah. yeah see, this is something I didn't write notes for when I watched it because I just I just watched it. Not oh. even I. So basically, I was my wife and I were were sitting there thinking like, let's watch something on Netflix and. Okay, and we did that usual thing. You know when you go, oh, yeah, let's watch something on Netflix. There's loads of stuff I want to see on there. Yeah. And you sit there for ages going, yeah. well, I don't want to watch that. Uh, I'm not in the mood for that, but I'll put it in the list. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch that another time. And it, we got to the point where we were doing this for like nearly half an hour. <laughs> we were just like, <laughs> oh, we got to pick something. And then it, it just happened to pop up. And on Netflix, the shots they'd picked from it mm. were like, bikini clad women. And mm. and it didn't, and, I, and, I, and I'd always just, got dismissed and gone yeah. over it because I didn't really know what it was mm. and then I, I kind of put it was just so happened because we were like oh what should we watch and it paused on that and then I read the synopsis mm. and I was like should I stick this on and if, if it's crap we'll turn it off yeah. and spend another half an hour looking for something else and um, I put it on and got thoroughly absorbed by this f- just phenomenal story mm. of I mean they say like in the in the industry that we're in in the media and stuff like that they say it's not about what you know it's who you know yes 
But I'd also argue that it's, you know, it's like being in the right place at the right time. Oh, yeah. And being with the right people at the right time. And those those things happen. <laughs> it's not what you know, it's who you know and how much you can bullshit. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like, I would say those things happen once to every hundred people in this industry. Yeah, yeah. And Shep Gordon... I, I mean, he must be using up everybody else's allocation because <laughs> it's just be, like... Yeah. It's a greedy it, bastard, isn't it? It's just like, yeah. it was just phenomenal. Of just He always happened to be at, in a conversation where someone said, oh, yeah, I know so-and-so who they could do with this or that, or did you know this had happened? Mm. And So I'd never even heard of him. And to kind of round out who he is, he um, he's a self-made, I guess, agent is what he is, really. Yeah. Is he an agent, a manager? Is he... He's a fixer. He's a, he's a, he's like, you know, he's just... Bengali. Yeah, he's just yeah. one of those guys who gets things done. Yeah. And he, um, the, the film kind of opens, he, he, he went to college and then, I can't remember if he dropped out actually because it is a long, long time since I watched mm. this, but he ended up moving to LA and... He had a job lined up and he went in there and he got pretty much browbeaten on the first day and was fired. Mm. Ended up wandering about getting into the nearest motel that he found, heard what he thought was a woman getting raped, went to her aid, she punched him. Yes. <laughs> Uh, 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 because apparently they were just just having uh, a fine of, old time, of, yeah, just yes. some fun. Yes, and uh, the following morning he woke up, and that's where it kind of the dream started. It turned yeah. out that the woman was Janis Joplin, and there was like Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, and, yeah. and he was just like, "I've got nothing to do." And they were like, "Oh, you should you should manage Alice Cooper." And he's like, who's Alice Cooper? Yeah. And, and then it's kind of, it all started from there. He, mm. he built Alice Cooper mm. into the phenomenon that he was in the 70s. Yes. And then just went from strength to strength and, you know, ended up, you know, dating Sharon Stone and... Uh, yeah, at the, like at the peak. At her peak, like yeah. just yeah. before she's about to be absolutely fucking massive. Yeah. I know, yeah. it was just, uh, and, and you know, and he, uh, what else, he um, effectively invented the concept of celebrity chefs yeah. in the States. Yeah. Uh, and it was just, uh, it's just, there was just so much. And yeah. every story was just this brilliant anecdote with, like, the Hollywood A-list, the rock A-list. Yeah. You know, it was phenomenal. I don't know, what, what did you think? Well, okay, I'm going to start with the things I didn't like about it. Okay. Chief among them. Yeah. This is the motherfucker that made me watch Koyanis Katsi. He is responsible <laughs> yeah. for that movie. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I forgot that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so, but the film, um, I was initially kind of skeptical because the first, this was directed by Mike Myers. Yeah. And here's the first credit on the screen. And I thought, oh, ego wank. Here we yeah. go. Um, and there were things about the film I didn't quite like. So um, I could have done without the reconstruction footage. Yeah. And the bits where the actors in the reconstruction lip sync to what the people, right, yeah. the, to what the talking heads are saying, yeah. often not quite in sync. Yeah. Um, and that that rankled me a little bit. Right. Um, I, oops, I pressed the wrong thing on my iPad. Um, 
I think it moved a little too fast. Right. Um, I had trouble keeping up, and I think yeah. it might have benefited from the long multi-part BBC treatment. Yeah, do well, you know I'll what? do four Actually, or six yeah. episodes. Yeah. Um, and there's so much in there, it could easily have done If there's that. a written biography, I want it. Yeah. Uh, because I got to... <laughs> I wrote, I want to read the book, if there is a book. Yeah. Um, there's too much to take in, and I'm only up to the release. I'm only up to Alice Cooper releasing the single 18. Yeah, yeah. And that was my like my fourth note. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there was just unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, he pretty much also single-handedly like crushed the the Chitlin circuit as well, didn't he? For the black artists. Yeah. Which was another thing. So yeah, yeah. he 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 got uh, he started managing uh, was Teddy, it, uh, Teddy Pendergrass and and just dragged him into the mainstream and made him a superstar. Yeah, and that and, uh, that's one of my one of the funniest things in the film. <laughs> Bit that made me laugh so much that it's a um, there's an archive shot. Uh, of a TV interview with a fan at Teddy Pendergrass concert. Yeah. So, uh, what is it that appeals to you about him? His body. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, one of the things, like he, he, I think it was then he, he was trying to get Teddy Pendergrass kind of like big, mm. uh, and and he discovered that the the, the basically the 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 circuit the was it the people that owned the venues also owned the record company. He's in the radio. Stations. Yeah, it was kind of like the old old Hollywood studio system, where yeah. where they would own it from start to finish. Yeah. So basically, you had. And to, if you were an artist with them, you were locked into them. Yeah. So you had to go and do the gigs. You didn't get paid for the gigs. Yeah. But if you didn't do the gigs, then you didn't get your record played on the radio stations. Yeah. If you didn't yeah. get the record played on the radio stations, you didn't get the gigs. And effectively, or you didn't get recorded. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then effectively, you just they they just ended up with nothing. Yeah. Out of it, and and the the managers and the things just. Took yeah. all the money, yeah. and he basically was just like, "No, nope. yeah, no, nope. we're gonna we're gonna go, we're gonna put you in what were then classed as, well, I suppose, white venues, but yeah, venue, yeah. venues for, I suppose, mainstream artists, yeah. which didn't necessarily cater to a specifically black audience." Yeah. Uh, and so he took him into there, and he said, "Oh, you know what we're also doing? Women only." Yeah. That's said, what well, made Teddy yeah, Pendergrass. Which it'll women a only, hot thing. and it'll and it'll just be this kind of secret thing, and it'll go nuts. Yeah. and he just had those ideas. He's a marketing genius. Yeah, he's it's unbelievable the kind of stuff yeah. he would come up like, with. The, one of my favourite ones is um, oh, we need to make Alice Cooper the most the most notorious name mm. uh, because we haven't sold any tickets at Wembley Arena. <laughs> Uh, so what do they do? Stick him half naked with a snake on a billboard on a truck and break it down in Piccadilly Circus. Yep. Yeah, and and it, it gets in the like it was it the Daily Mail, the Times, every newspaper covered it. So there was an advert for Alice Cooper's gig on, on, yep. on the front page of every national newspaper in the UK. Yeah, it's genius. He's the kind of guy that um, anybody who calls himself a social media manager now yeah. needs to study and work out how to do the uh, digital versions of what he absolutely. did analogue yes. in the 70s. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, I've, I've seen Alice Cooper play at Wembley Arena twice yeah. now, and I'm, you know, it's one of two of the best gigs I've ever been to. It's funny how uh, I remember you saying about that, and yeah. I've always meant to go with you. Yeah, because exactly. Because you said it's just a great... I like yeah. Alice Cooper, but you said it's, like, it's just yeah, a great stage show. It is And fantastic. half the stuff you've told me about, he was doing in exactly. the 70s anyway. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> how yeah. long that act has been around i know it's amazing there's loads of stuff through it and uh yeah i i, I don't know if he's touring again soon if he is i'd like to go again mm. uh, so far i've it, the support acts i've seen with alice cooper have been genius as well i've seen yeah. dio and twisted sister okay fine. both both of which were perfect right yeah um yeah but uh, yeah it just you kind of you kind of look at this guy and you think 
it's it's bizarre, but it, you see how much he's actually influenced your own life. Yeah. It's like, for example, the fact Koyana's that Katsy. Koyana's Katsy, <laughs> Alice Cooper. Yeah. It's like, and even the 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 sort of celebra- celebrity chefs. chefs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that that was it. That came his genius idea behind that was um, was it he got really really friendly with um, the Cordon Bleu guy. What was he called? I, oh, I, I can't, can't remember his bloody name. It was Monsieur Robert or something, isn't it? Yeah, um, and I'm um, having a. That he he was he was at a function where he was doing the dinner, and he discovered that Monsieur Robert wasn't allowed to eat with everybody else because staff weren't uh, staff had to eat in the kitchen. Yeah, and because technically he was employed by this venue, he was staff. He was yeah. staff, and as he was like, right, fine, I'm going to be your manager. You, you teach me to cook. Yeah, and and he did this, and then he he was he went to his restaurant one day, and there were like thirty of them saying, "Help us, please," because <laughs> yeah. you know we get stuffed. Yeah, and um. Well, it was the same as with the, the Black Music Acts. They weren't getting exactly. paid what they should be paid. Yeah. And so what did he do? They just started the Food Network. He went to them and he said, I can give you 30 primetime TV shows with no talent cost Yeah, at all. Yeah, You just have to give me one primetime advert for each of them. And it's like, that's... Yeah. Fan- and the other thing that really, really struck me about him, mm. most agents and managers you think of are these like... Really nasty pieces of work. Tough, yeah, tough bastards out, out to line their own pockets. Like um, uh, Peter, is it Peter Grant who, who managed Led Zeppelin? I was going to say any guy, just say like anybody who Philip people. Seymour Hoffman has played. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and but Shep Gordon is completely. I'm thinking the wrong guy, not Philip Seymour Hoffman, the other one. Oh fuck, can't remember his name. What was he in? Oh, I don't know. Sideways. <sighs> Oh, oh I've drawn uh, a blank. Yes, no, I know. <laughs> yeah, God, what's his bloody right? name? Crap. Oh, what a great movie show this is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, what is his name? Oh, should I Google who's the guy who's not seen Philip Seymour Hoffman? Oh, shit. I, I, my mind is a complete... There are people screaming yeah. for their MP3 yeah. players and right he's... now. Oh, what is his name? What is his name? Paul Giamatti. That's the one. Yeah, I knew he. it began with G, and yeah. all I could think of was Galifianakis. And I was like, I always get, why, why do I get Paul Giamatti confused with Philip Seymour Hoffman? I don't know. Anyway, anyway, yeah, yes. that kind of that kind of real like, embarrassing. Yeah, basically just like a real nasty piece of work. Yeah. And but Shep is like he's his ethos even from the get go before, mm. like he got successful. It was very compassionate. Yeah, it was always like, I tell you what, I'll do this for you. Mm. And, you know, then you can return the favour. When the time is right, you can do something for me. Yeah, but yeah. it wasn't in like a weird mafioso boss way. No. It was just pure. Yeah. And it, like what was interesting is you had people like Michael Douglas, Mike Myers, and just like A-list people saying, I will do anything. Yeah. Anything he asks, he's, I'll he do it. He seems without... to be absolutely beloved. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, I, I, will, I will, you know. If it... Oh, he was saying there was a whole bit when he ended up um, randomly becoming... Um, was it Buster Keaton or Charlie Chaplin? No, Groucho Marx. Mm. Ended up becoming Groucho Marx's um, manager. Yeah. Because another person who is just losing all his money. One of my favourite quotes, I met Groucho Marx through Alice Cooper. That just blows your mind. <laughs> yeah. How are those two friends? That was the thing. Like He would string these names. Like, he would just name drop. Me and Cary Grant agreed on joint custody <laughs> of the cat. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. I was watching a comedy show quite recently and... Uh, you know John Thompson from The Fast Show? Yeah. 
he he was on it and he said he was at a party once and some somebody he knew got really drunk and was quite an aggressive drunk and he just decided to tell everybody what he thought of them and when he got to John Thompson he said you you're a name dropper and he just went yeah Michael Jackson says the same thing (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was brilliant (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was just like one of those things you can't you can't believe that he's got this effectively army of A-list stars that he can just call on to do whatever he wants There was that really a point in case is um, the Canadian country singer. Yeah. And he wanted to get her on Soul Train. Was it not Soul Train? No, no, what was no. the other one? Oh, I can't remember. But yeah, it was a big, like a big rock music show. Yeah, it was like the big Saturday yeah. night, like, uh, oh God, what is it called? I can't remember. But he wanted to get her on that and they were like, no, not interested. She's not our cup of tea. Mm. They were like, fine. Rang up Alice Cooper. He's like, can you get you... Mickey Dolan's John Lennon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was a uh, was it Bob Dylan? It wasn't Bob Dylan? Somebody but, else, yeah, yeah, someone yeah. like that. And he's like, "Can you just, can you just, can we just meet up with you and get like one photo of her with them?" And they did it, and all of a sudden she all was of a cool. sudden, there. Yeah. She was yeah. yeah on the thing, and it's just, it's just those little genius ideas of popularity and coolness by association, mm. and just knowing where to position and place yeah, yeah. people. Absolutely phenomenal. Very clever. Um, yeah, I've wrote. It's an entire career based not necessarily on luck, but more on ingenuity, taking chances, favors, sheer fucking balls, and drugs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, because yeah, that's the whole Teddy Pendergrass thing, isn't it? About the three day bender. Yeah. <laughs> Is it either? Was it? We'll either be standing at the end, or we'll be dead. We'll be dead. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. What else? What else? What else? Uh, oh, the stuff with the Dalai Lama as well. Oh, Mates yeah. with the Dalai Lama. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. I cooked dinner like for him. His big dinner parties, where yeah. it's like basically his rule is you don't talk shop. Yeah, like you don't you don't bug people because yeah. they're famous or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. And his thing is like, there's usually someone who shouldn't mix with anyone ever, and that's who I end up sitting with. And the shot <laughs> is very obviously a blurred David Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there's things like he's he's supporting his ex's grandchildren. Mm. Yeah, in almost like a, a substitute father kind yeah. of way. Yeah, because uh, they all absolutely love him absolutely. as well. That, well that's the one thing you realise that he's—that's like the downside of this amazing career—is mm. that he never quite had the family that he wanted. No, and that's always a bit kind of. <laughs> a bit kind of sad. Everyone loves him apart from maybe Luther Vandross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he used yeah. to be the only guy who had anything to. Um, Anything bad to say? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's, well, I have more, but I don't know where, where else to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but the film, I thought, uh, it jumps about a bit too much. Yeah. Um, it, And it's kind of, it's a bit scattershot in a way. Yeah, and um, I guess it almost like his anecdotes. He kind of like... Yeah, kind of. You know. But, you know, it's and it's not a typical documentary biopic I mean, it's 45 minutes before they rewind and you you get Shep was born in bloody blah yeah blah, that's blah, true and, yeah. and you know you've already had like <laughs> half the movie gone with yeah. ridiculous celebrity stories and anecdotes yeah. um, I think it moved too fast mm. uh, and in the in the end it's an okay movie about an incredible life yeah and the subject is more interesting than the, present, than the presentation yeah oh, yeah, I, t- yeah absolutely I agree with that fascinating yeah yeah uh, and I actually saw him in a Funny or Die skit recently. Oh, really? With Alice Cooper right. and uh, Slash, right. I think. 
because they formed a band. Yeah. Okay. Called something like Hollywood Vampires. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's Alice. It's, it's a new. It's a supergroup. Yes. Oh mm. god, who else is in that? There's, I can't remember. Yeah, there's some other people in that as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, don't watch it for the movie. Watch it for the man. Mm. Yeah, I, I. Do you know? It hadn't occurred to me to think look for a book, mm. but I think I will now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I would absolutely. And I can't decide if it should be played by Jeffrey Tambor or Larry, Larry David in the fictional version. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's a mind blowing mm. existence, indeed. So there we go. Yeah. Um, I guess it's uh, pitch time. Mm. Who wants to go first? Um, I can go first if you like. All right. Um, I'm going to pitch you another documentary. Oh. Because um, I've just watched quite a lot, just of documentaries, a whole load so, of documentaries. Yeah. Um, oh, we should say that both of those uh, films are available on no, on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Uh, the Babadook last time I looked was available in pretty much every region. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know Super about. Mitch, they were pushing quite a lot as a Netflix original. Uh, Although I'm not quite sure what that means. Well, it tends to mean they Depends bought on... it. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, uh, Ricky Gervais' Derek was uh, a, a Netflix, Netflix original. Yeah. Uh, even though it wasn't. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have a quick look. One moment. Uh, so the documentary I'm going to pitch you anyway isn't mm. uh, isn't on Netflix. I've got a Blu-ray. No. Um, the thing I'm going to pitch you, I bought Blu-ray for, and in the time uh, that we've that it's taken between episodes is now on Netflix. Wow. Okay. Uh, Supermensch is in USA, Argentina, Mexico, UK, Luxembourg, Belgium, Costa Rica, Brazil, Panama, Ireland, the Netherlands, and France. Oh, no, no, no excuse then. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, the documentary I'm going to pitch you, um, I found absolutely fascinating. I suspect I'll find... I, I, I suspect there's... I will have got more out of it than you will, but right. I think it's an interesting story nonetheless. Um, it's a documentary called Finding Vivian Meyer. Okay. And um, again, someone never really heard of her. Mm-hmm. Didn't you know, knew not much about her. Um, and it seems like nobody did until a really strange instant of happenstance. Mm. Um there's a guy writing a book, and he needed historical photos. Not a non-fiction historical historical book needed historical photos. Trouble is, they cost quite a lot of money, mm. especially if you go through the, all the big agencies. Mm. So what he started to do is he started to go to uh, auctions and flea markets and what have you, and buy up old photographs that people were selling. Mm. And that's what he started. Then he owned them, and then he started to use them, and. Um, he happened across some photographs that he thought were truly stunning. And then he also happened across some undeveloped film. So he started to develop the film and discovered that whoever had taken these pictures was probably one of the greatest street photographers of the last century. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's basically about the explosion into finding out who this person was and what she was like, so, and and kind of why no one had seen these photographs mm-hmm. and why they'd been kept tucked away or why they hadn't even been developed. And 
Um, he ended up with something like ten thousand rolls of film. I mean, he, I mean, this—that's a lot. That will be a lot. A, a it's lot an extraordinary yeah. number of yeah. photographs and things and possessions. Um, and she turns out to be a fascinating character. And I, I mean, I love the photographs. They're absolutely some of them are just mm. incredible. Um, she was taking photographs in like the fifties and sixties, forties, fifties, sixties, mostly around sort of Chicago and in the US. Mm. Um, I won't kind of tell you too much about her because it's it's more interesting to find it out as you go. But what I will say there is this one aspect to it that I didn't like and I don't think rings true. Okay. Um, so you can see if you can. I will keep my eyes open. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if you if mm. there's if there's anything you're like. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Um, yeah, it's. Um, it's been released on DVD and Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if it's on any of the streaming services. I haven't been able to find it on any of the streaming services, which is why I ended up with Blu-ray. Um, but uh, yeah. I will, I, will, I will briefly check. I, I, I found it absolutely fascinating. And um, I'll be interested to to hear what you think about it. Uh, well, if I put in Finding Viv, I get Final Fantasy Seven Advent Children and Beverly Hills Chihuahua 3. Right. So yeah. I don't think no. it's on uh, it's on Netflix. Okay. Cool. Yeah, well I will finish you with a copy and you can watch it at your leisure. Excellent. Um I am also pitching you a documentary. Oh right. Sort of. We're having a doc off. It, yeah. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> that just sounds rude. Um it uh and we're also going from um uh Australian uh bedtime monsters to New Zealand vampires. Right. Uh, this is purported to be presented by the New Zealand Documentary Board. Right. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a mock doc about flat-sharing vampires in Wellington. Yeah. You have uh, Viago, who's 379, and he's the camp dandy. Right. Uh, Vladislav, who's 862, and he's the sexy one. Right. Deacon is 183, and he's the cool one. Right. And then there's Peter, who is in the thousands, and he's essentially Nosferatu. Right, okay. So it takes in all of those, kind of the different types of yeah. vampire. Um, they all represent different parts of the law, uh, and it's a great juxtaposition with these kind of supernatural immortals in everyday situations and trying to fit their lifestyle into the modern day. Right. Conflict is introduced uh, when Nick, a newbie vampire, joins the group. Mm. Uh, and brings his human friend Stu along. Right. Uh, and the deacon is no longer the youngest, and he does not approve. Right. Um, I have ended up watching this three times. Right. Uh, we Before it came out, uh, we were sent a, a preview link for whatever reason. I can't remember what we had uh, done we, around we, this Yeah, film. we did. Was it an interview with it? I think. Uh, it yeah, would have been right. interviews, yeah. or it would have been a premiere, or yeah. whatever. Um, it was interviews. It was interviews. One of our colleagues was sent, in, sent to interview, um, and... Mm. Uh, so I watched the preview link right. and I enjoyed it. And then when I went on a work trip to China recently, yeah. flying there, yeah. the uh, choice of new films was a bit paltry. Right. Uh, so I ended up watching it again right. and enjoyed it more. Okay. And then when I came back, I thought, oh, yeah, I'll pitch that to Tom. Yeah. Bought the Blu-ray, um, watched it a third time, enjoyed it even more and spotted more things that I hadn't seen the first two times. Okay. Uh, and as I said, uh, since buying that, it's now and appeared on Netflix. On Netflix. Yeah. Uh, UK and Ireland only, mm-hmm. I've discovered. Um, yeah, it just makes me laugh all the yeah. way through. There are so many subtle, clever gags. Yeah. Um, uh, it's written and directed by um, 
uh, Jermaine Clement mm. from Flight the Concords, yeah, and uh, Taika Waititi, right. uh, who has just been tapped to direct uh, Thor three, I do believe. Really? Yes, his next job is directing one of the big Marvel movies. Ah, interesting. Yeah, and Marvel guy, Marvel tend to go after big comedy guys because if you look at who they've yeah, had before, yeah. the Russos and. Um, uh, well, it was going to be Edgar Wright uh, and yeah. um, Josh Whedon. Josh yeah. Whedon. They're all. They're all have yeah. big roots in and, comedy. Um, the dude who did the dude who did Guardians of the Galaxy, James Gunn. Did yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's. Yeah. He's. He's comes from comedy as well. Mm. Um. Yeah. I don't know what to. Uh, yeah. I don't know what to. What. What else to to say? Um. Without giving stuff away. Uh. Eyes open for the werewolves, right? Okay. Uh, led by Reese Darby uh, from right. Flight of the Concords, yeah. <laughs> who doesn't like foul language. We're werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, and it's just it's just clever ways of thinking about things that have become tropes and cliches. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, no, no, no. Saying too, saying, saying too much would give would give, would give stuff away. But um, yeah, I've seen I've seen the excerpt because I think I saw a bit. Um, I saw either like a clip or a trailer mm. from when we were doing mm. stuff uh, with it, and it, yeah, it. They, I think the bit I saw was them getting ready for a night out, but because they don't have mirrors, they had to sketch each other. Yes, yes, <laughs> just stuff like yeah. that. It made me yeah, laugh, they do. So, yeah. They 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 do sketches. <laughs> yeah. a bit where there's a bit where um they've got uh, they've got a tissue and a cut up tennis ball, uh, and they're playing Pac Man in the mirror, <laughs> like with a ghost and <laughs> a ghost and Pac Man. Um, there's um. <laughs> well, again, when they go out for that night out, yeah. um, the, the, they have trouble getting past the doorman because they say the problem oh, with being a vampire is you have to be course. invited in yeah. everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and that, yes, that that getting ready for a night out fashion montage is hilarious. Yeah. Um, Taika Waititi, um, Taika Waititi and J- uh, Jermaine Clement play two of the vampires, right. uh, and Waititi can get laughs just off his smile. Right, he has what he has. He has a ridiculous smile. He's kind of. His character is kind of nervous about the camera being there a bit, right? Uh, and and it's that kind of nervous smile of showing somebody around your place, yeah, and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's really uh, it's really funny. I have I have so many notes on this, just like little gags I kept noticing and kept noticing, yeah. uh, which I imagine we will go through next time. Okay, uh, and I'm probably going to be watching it again. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there we go. Awesome. Uh, can't believe we've actually recorded a show we have it's yeah. amazing let's try not to leave it two months before the next no, one we won't well we said that last time yeah I know we can only apologise I don't yeah. know what to say apart from no, re- we're really sorry and we hope you haven't completely abandoned us and yeah. we hope that uh, your iTunes or whatever gives you an automatic notification <laughs> yeah, to download this yeah. one yeah yeah uh, so hopefully we'll you know I mean it's what we're coming up to Christmas aren't we so we should be able to get, uh, try and get a couple in before yeah. Christmas. And yeah. then <laughs> Let's have well, at least one in December. And our New Year's resolution can be to do it actually better. To next record year. more shows. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably not a bad idea. Uh, I now have the uh, unenviable task of finding the plugs and thanks. Oh, that's uh, going to be tricky. Or plugs, as I've just written. <laughs> uh, that's Swedish plugs and thanks. <laughs> hey, there we go. Right. If you are still listening to this show, (laughs) 
and if you have seen what we do in the shadows or finding Vivian Meyer, yep. I remember the name of the thing. Wow, that's um, the first. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you can listen on Twitter at HWS Podcast. Facebook.com slash have you seen podcast. The website is have you seen.net and one day might be up to date. Uh, the email is podcast at have you seen.net and our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash HYS podcast, which has um, not only uh, pictures of stuff uh, that we are pitching to you, yeah. um, but also the epic episode 100 and yeah. our short film, Barry, which mm-hmm. you can now, everybody can watch. Yes. Uh, just go and click and watch yeah. uh, my mate Andy being a cleaner. Yes. Uh, we like shares and likes on Facebook, particularly if new show posts. We like retweets on Twitter, again, especially if new show tweets. We like reviews and ratings on iTunes, especially lots, those with lots of stars. And we like your pitches for new films and reviews of stuff we've covered. Mm. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Um, thank you for tolerating our absence yeah. and tardiness. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Upbeat Productions for letting us back into the submersible. We had to blow the dust and cobwebs out when we came in. Uh, thank you to Nicola, the social media manager. And thank you to Alexia Mom for his technical expertise. Mm. Would it be a poor idea to say we'll see you next week? Um, <laughs> I don't or would that spur us into action to actually record one next week? We should have time next week. All right. I don't like as, well as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I'm going to be reckless and say we will see you yeah, next week on an yeah, I don't indeterminate think, day. As far as I know, there's nothing work-related happening in the like the, in an evening, so. There is. Adam just hasn't put it in the calendar and he doesn't know I know. Really? <laughs> yeah. But this is not the evening. Okay. Well, 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 it kind of is quite, now. Yeah. But it wasn't when we started. No. Um, yeah. So uh, um, uh, watch movies, send us reviews of movies, send us pitches for new movies. Yes. And we will see you in a week on episode 123. Yes, yes. we will. All right. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.